Scotland gets its brains from the herring, said Grandpa, and we all nodded our heads with complete incomprehension. Sometimes, for a treat, we got playing with their heads. Glutinous, bony affairs without room for brains, and a look of lust on their narrow soprano jaws. The time I lifted the lid of the midden on a winter night, and there, a cool blue gleam, herring heads. Other heads do not gleam in the dark, so perhaps Grandpa was right. To make sure we ate the most intelligent herring, he fished the estuary, planted a notice, literate herring this way, below the water line, at the corner where it met the sea. The paint for the notice was made of crushed heads. Red-eyed herring, sore from reading, would round the corner, read the notice, and sense the estuary water, bland and eye-easing. A few feet brought them within the confining friendliness. Hello and welcome to the 90 Minutes Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Chris Galler, and I'm joined by uh, Team Handsome is what I'm going to say. Uh, I've got to, my, to the right-hand side, um, the right-hand side of the father, which, <laughs> call me Daddy Dermot. No. I'd rather not. Nah, yeah, that's off to a fucking horrific start. That's not <laughs> off to a bad start. That's almost tempted to restart. Uh, no, Dermot Coyle, um, two weeks in a row. You're, yeah, b- you're back in the first team. That's good. good right? Dominant I'm happy life. with that, yeah. yeah you're looking Definitely. handsome. Things are looking up. Yep, yeah, you took the podcast. It's, it's on the way up. It's also because we've got uh, the Norwegian... Version. Oh, he's looking at me confused. The Norwegian version of some. Aha, uh-huh. Jimmy Hill. Jimmy Hill. The Norwegian version of Jimmy Hill, of course. I'll take that. Um, Christian Wolf. Uh, Christian, you you recovered from your illness? Yes, serious bout of the of the man flu, but I've uh, I've recovered. Like hopefully uh, another Norwegian will to get back into the first team. Ayer, Ayer. Ah, yeah. Aye. Uh, so man, he's doing a funny face, and that's because he is—he's uh, the heart and soul of the podcast. He's the—he's the excited, youthful, and exu- exuberant um, sort of thing. Hi, Chris. Thanks, Chris. That was—that was wonderful. That was good. Good. Um, it's funny because we do—I uh, sort of ask questions when we're doing the levels for the podcast, and if you've got a little uh, problem with the levels, you can fucking <laughs> suck it. Um. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, no, uh, we're, we do a sort of um, question, like, so that, you know, I can do the levels with the, the, the sort of pod. And uh, the question I always ask is, who's your favourite Celtic player? And it's Paul McStay, Chris, for pretty much everyone. It's always Paul. Always Paul. I had a really funny Vida Reset anecdote. He did. Uh, you're not going to repeat it. Cause, uh, <laughs> we're saving it for the Christmas special. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, let me ask you this question. Who's outside of any Norwegians to play for Celtic? Who's your favourite Celtic player? Do you have one? Ooh. Since you've been watching Celtic, uh, what player has stood out for you? Get so out with Ayer, <laughs> uh, Johansson, Johansson, Reset, <laughs> and uh, what Brat-Bak. was the other guy? No, what was the other guy? Rogner. The other guy. Rogner. The other guy. Thomas Rogner. The guy that belonged. Rasmussen, he was Danish. No. Oh. The guy. The guy. This is the, the guy. I brought him in. Oh, Birgit. Oh, Birgit. I can't remember his name. He's my favourite Norwegian. He, who did he sign for recently? He signed for New York City, the Man City team in the MLS. Birgit. Yeah, I think so. Either the the City or the or the Red Bull, one of them. No, I think it was the City because okay. it basically looks like the Manchester City top. Well, he's he's never really managed to play well outside of Scandinavia, so it'll be interesting to see. But 
I'm just buying time to, to yeah. be of a, of, of a Celtic player. Uh, 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 my favourite Celtic player, uh, Henry Glasson. Best goalkeeper I've seen, Fraser Forster in the Celtic. Oh, best goalkeeper you've seen, Dermot? Pat Bonner. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that was uh, an unfair comment. No, seriously. Uh, Pat Bonner was terrific for the, for the Republic Island. I he, know. Was, he was decent, but, you know, towards the. Best the Celtic keeper, probably. Oh, Boric. Like Boric, yeah. Overall, or just for that that, that specific sort of spell at the beginning, because he really lost. Yeah, he kind of went off the boil uh, massively, but he really did sort of dominate for two years. Chris, yourself, um, easy answer. Boric, at his absolute best, was one of the best keepers I've ever seen. Overall, consistency wise, Fraser Foster. Cool, nice. Uh, I would go with uh, Stuart Kerr, of course. <laughs> the answer was Stuart. Somebody, some. Yeah. Uh, I he would Mark Hately, so you, you are. Hipster Celtic would say Broto. He's the hipster's <laughs> choice. Man. He is. That's why I did A guy say. who really wasn't that good, but, you know, he went into the pantheon of players that yeah, were amazing for us, but really weren't. So what you're saying is, Marek, if you could tweet from your <laughs> hipster Celtic <laughs> account. Uh, so, look, we're going to talk about, obviously... Uh, the game at the weekend and look ahead to the Partick Thistle game but we've got other stuff to talk about uh, I just want to kind of start with this first I tweeted out this morning because I was really in a sort of cranky mood uh, that Clarence Seedorf and Edward Davids are two of the most overrated players uh, just ever uh, Dermot a couple overrated players I'll give I, you I all don't think so not for what they kind of achieved you know it's not the answer I was looking for uh, I think other people are probably Easily more overrated than But them. I think Seedorf, um, for what he did, um, which wasn't much. How many Champions League titles has he got? Yeah, how many Serie A titles did he get? It's not helped my case. Uh, <laughs> who's the most overrated player? That you, uh, just just name a couple of overrated players, players that you think maybe are rated uh, highly by people. I mean, just because you win the Champions League, playing for Real Madrid doesn't overall... Karanka okay. won the fucking Champions League, do you know what I mean? Ivan Campo won the Champions League. A couple of great players. The, the answer is uh, Paul Scholes. No. Mm. No. No yeah. way. He's a good player, but it's not. It wasn't that good. Oh, he's underrated. No. He's underrated, he's overrated. I think there's no way Paul Scholes is overrated. I, I, I think Paul Scholes is actually probably about rated now because he, come, he turns <laughs> up. <and laughs> I think it's kind of. His kinda sort of reputation's kind of picked up a bit, but there's no way he's, under, he's overrated. I, I'm, I'm calling over. Oh, yeah. Christian looks a bit cranky. He looks a bit annoyed. <laughs> still, still a bit of flu lift. Yeah, he's still got a wee bit of the old. Bit of the poison. Uh, what yourself, Samani? Anybody that kind of jumps out at you that's overrated? Yuri Jorkaev. Mm. Mm. World Cup winner. So throwing that back in your face, dickhead. Uh, Did Euro- he won the World Euro- Cup. Aye? He won the World Cup and he won the, Euro- the European Championships. Uh, Who else won the World Cup? I'll give you a clue. Stefan Givov. Correct. <laughs> yeah, but the, okay. that but that kind of negates your point. Yuri Jorkaev, Chris. Yuri Jorkaev. Remember that overhead kick, but uh, it was all right. <laughs> it was. It was so good that it, it was, was overrated. It was so good that it was printed on the Inter Milan credit card the next year. <laughs> oh yeah, because if you're a true fan. You you have a club credit card. It was APR twenty eight point four percent. What I will say about Jorkaev though, when he played for Kaiserslautern, uh, I think he put Rangers to the sword. So it was in the big. I reject s- that. I'm, I'm going to withdraw. My <laughs> after that. Was he not in the big Sam Bolton Galacticos team as well? Jorkaev? He was the big Sam Bolton Galacticos with Ivan Campo and. Uh, 
Hero as well. Yeah, JJ Okocha. JJ Okocha was terrific, and that was weird. Uh, anyway, on overrated Okocha, maybe. I think Okocha was probably rated. Yeah, I don't think Okocha was that rated by people. He kind of had flashes of brilliance, didn't he? I think he lacked a little bit of consistency. Yeah. Here's a shout. Nigeria for the World Cup. There you go. Okay. okay. I'll, I'll call you now. Pick your odds and I'll bet you. Know. <laughs> yeah. I, I won't be wasting my money on no, that. No, they've, no. they've got a cracking strip though. Have you seen that strip? I've seen it, yeah. It's yeah. an absolute peach. I don't know. Oh, for fuck's sake. You can't just fucking play this. I've just seen better strips. Packy Bonner's his favourite player. Goalkeeper. Well, and Ireland Euro 88 strips, obviously. Oh, Jesus, obviously. The best. Uh, no, that's cool. Uh, okay, so we'll, t- as we'll talk about the, the games and stuff. Um, Colker to Dundee. I just want to open on that. So we brought in Jack Hendry, which was a record fee received by Dundee. Well, I don't actually realise that. So record fee received by Dundee. And... Colker comes in basically to, I guess, the, the whole left by Jack uh, Hendry. He's brought in to replace him. Free agent signs an 18-month deal, which I was a little bit surprised about. Um, there's a lot of people saying, well, this is just, you know, Brendan Rodgers has, you know, masterminded this to bring him up here, so to get him fully fit, get him in a state of mind so that Celtic can steal him. It's like, well, uh, thoughts, terrible. I kind of think if Dundee can afford him, then if Brendan Rodgers wanted him, he could have, he could have had him. Taken him. I think, yeah, perhaps he should have. Now or after the weekend, we're maybe really looking a bit thin at the back. Uh-huh. And uh, Colker's of, of a decent standard, you know. He's twenty six. Yeah, I, I don't think he's he's finished yet. Uh, but I suppose we'll we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, yourself, guys, what kind of what's your take on it? Well, Stemmer said. Even if you really wanted him now, nah, we could have brought him in. And maybe it's a sign that the injuries to Ayem Boyata isn't, isn't too bad because obviously you had the option to, to bring him in as a free transfer. Too much right. If you wanted him there by now, he would have been there. Yeah. Chris? Um, I think we just need to take a step back to a few minutes ago talking about overrated players. <laughs> I, I don't think Cocker ever reached the levels that some people thought he would or or, or some people thought he did even. I, I think he had very few decent spells in, the, in his career so far. Now, obviously, he's, he's, he's gone through a hard time with depression and stuff like that. Um, Alcoholism as well. Uh, uh, and gambling, I think, do you yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, fair play to him, you know, for, you know, try to come back and get, get on top of um, his demons and things like that. But probably a reason why he's at Dundee and there's a reason why we haven't signed him. Is he... I don't know. There's every chance he could just go there and be ordinary. And I mean, that's that's based on what I've seen of him. I've seen him have some good spells. Where was it? He wasn't. He went on loan. He went to Liverpool on loan. Yeah, and Cardiff. That, he went to Cardiff. Is, is that Cardiff? Not where he had his best form. Then he went to QPR this season. He looked quite good at Cardiff, but you know when he was at loan at Liverpool, it was like I don't. I think he only played a handful of times, didn't he? And he was. It, it, it was a totally pointless signing, and then QPR basket case of a club do you know what I mean yeah. but I don't think the guy's really can, been a consistently good performer um, but do you I, think I, I, it's it's quite good that it's a bit of a coup for Scottish football in terms of his reputation and that he's gone to a club like Dundee and we see Malumbu at Kilmarnock um, and stuff like that I actually hope he goes and, and you know and, and proves me wrong but 
I, I get the feeling this could be one of those ones where you go, all right, okay. And yeah. It's not worked, you know? You're playing at what a lot of people would perceive as a lower level in terms of the Scottish uh, Premiership compared to, you know, the, the English Premiership or English Premier League. And if you don't stand out, it could actually damage... Yeah. Damage your kind of reputation for them in that point of view. I, I mean, I've, so, sorry, just to interrupt. I've probably called for his signing in the last, <laughs> right? Uh, the more I think about it, but that was probably through, through a bit of desperation in terms of our centre half options. Yeah, I thought. I, I, I'm not finished. <sighs> I think. Uh, Jesus Christ. I, I think there's a wee bit too much doom and gloom about our centre half options just now. I think we're okay. Yeah, um, I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, Firstly, how we'll get to Jack Henry and how he performed against Kilmarnock. Um, but as soon as Colker signed for Dundee, there was this massive wave. And again, we're only we're only talking about social media, so it's it's not um, it's not the majority of fans. But it's it's still an interesting sort of um, dip into some, what some percep- perc- perception of some of the fans are. That uh, why didn't we sign him instead of Henry? You know, instantly, oh, we missed out, we fucked up. And it, and, and as kind of you, you both kind of say, like, um, Colker, I think it's the more of the opportunity of signing someone who's played at that level, maybe, more, it's like he might be a bargain. It's a football manager oh. signing. Yeah. You, you know his name and he comes for free, so we should yeah. get him. Aye. Oh, it's, it's, it's a good, you, good way of putting it. You always take it, though, don't you? You can't resist oh, it. I remember getting <laughs> one of the mid-90s editions of Champ Manager, and David Seaman was... Available in a free, and he was absolutely pish. <laughs> but do you regret the league cup? Did you regret? Do you regret that signing? No, because he was good around the dressing room. Um, <laughs> he was great. He was great for the boys, the youngsters, to see him in the league cup when Forfar uh, put, put three passes. You know, but uh, overall, good for morale. But you know, he'd, he'd reached the end of the line, and I let him go at the end of the season. Because um, he's a hard taskmaster, Chris Manny. We know that. Yep. Um, we know that. Uh, but okay, so. Uh, We'll start with the Kelly game. Uh, Celtic lost second uh, domestic league defeat uh, for Brendan Rodgers. Um, thoughts on the game there, mate? Uh, I, I was really surprised how good Kelly actually were. Uh, I thought we were pretty poor. Really disjointed. No real creativity in kind of linking up with the forward players. Uh, but come on, we're very, very good. So I wouldn't really take too much away from them. We should be beating them. You know, every time we play them, I, th- I think if we perform, but um, isn't that the same with kind of every team? If we perform at a level, it is. If you look at the, s- the squad, sort of man against man, but um, we really just didn't have creativity or kind of cohesion or any real kind of link up amongst the sort of the, the midfield and the attack. I didn't think, and uh, come on, just were excellent. Yeah, uh, interesting perspective uh, because a lot of. A lot of stuff that's been said was not praising Kilmarnock in any way. How would you go? How would you, Chris Manny, How would you take it? Do you agree um, with Dermot, or would you maybe go another way? I would think what, in terms of an, an attacking threat, I didn't think Kilmarnock were that impressive at all. Now they had some chances at the very end when we had, we were playing like a a one one, eight, basically had everybody up front. We'd left Beaton up there. But other than that, other than the goal, which was Beaton's fault as well in terms of positioning, I didn't think they were very good attacking-wise. Defensively, they were really good, really well drilled, organised very well. In the middle of the park, I think two things went for them. I thought uh, Malumbu was was really good, but I thought that the players who had played so well against Hearts in midweek really 
couldn't get settled. I think the pitch played a lot to do with that. I, I, yeah. In Cham, I think in Cham, most recently in our best performances, if he's been ticking, we've been ticking. He looked as if he didn't fancy that. And I think that impacted our, impacted our performance. But... What made that more difficult was the way that they were drilled and the way that they were set up. I was I was very impressed by their pressing and, and their shape. Um, not so much them going forward, but other than that, yeah, I mean, that's the way teams should, you know, if, if they set up and, and, and pressure us like that for ninety minutes, that's the way that you can you can you can stop us from playing. Christian, is that how you do us? Is that how we're done? Is that how we get defeated? Is that how they dominate us? I think that game was really. Big, big testament to, to Steve Clark, and he's he's kind of come in, I think mid October, and he's, <laughs> he's 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 kind of taking the Mickey out of the rest of the league a little bit, and that's not to say Kilmarnock is, is is winning every game, or they're you know gonna keep winning all the games, but he's obviously, I think it's beyond doubt, beside Brendan Rodgers, is the is the best manager in the league just now. Um, there's a really good piece by Alec Lawrence who's, who comes on the pod quite often he'll probably be here next week to, to speak about Senate as well yes he will be on Tuesday he put out his article about this on that German website I'm not going to pronounce um, but it, 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 it essentially says to you know, you know Sermanis in, in, in a lot more detail in terms of how well Kimarnik was organised and one of the things he points out is that a lot of teams in Scotland try to Against Celtic, they, they they stay deep and try to prevent space for Celtic, but they usually do it through man marking. And Celtic players are just clever enough and good enough just to drag them out to positions and, and make them run all the pitch. Whereas Kilmarnock is a lot more zonal marking, and they just kept their shape. As Armani said, they were always close to each other. They you know they you know, they're very disciplined in the way they moved around the pitch. And when they won the ball, they had lots of players around the ball, so they could actually you know. I'd actually win the ball and go up and, and, and try to create something. So I, I thought that was a real, almost a, a masterclass of, of, from, from Steve Clark in, in terms of how he set up and a testament to how well he's drilled that team of quite average players within such a short amount of time. Now, there's mitigating factors for Celtic there, as Samarani mentioned, and, you know, the pitch. The two injuries to the two centre halves, which yeah. is, you know, one is kind of okay because you can put a bit on him, but when an ayer goes out, you lose up an offensive weapon in, in Ira as well, but you also then go, you have to pull Tierney down, I think, and this is Sinclair that comes on. So you kind of then, instead of maybe going for 4 four three three, he, he, he keeps to the shape and he keeps going. And Celtic never really created anything. Yeah, I mean, the, the changes to the shape and the formation overall was critical or key for, for how we performed. Uh, Someone says there about, uh, you know, in Cham... Just not necessarily being up for it, whether that's to do with how well drilled Kelly War and the pitch, you know, that's kind of debatable. Anyone stand out for sale? What did you make of Jack Hendry on his debut? I mean, I thought he was good. It's a remarkably a difficult game to get thrown into the way it did go with the, the injuries to the, the centre half. So I think it's a kind of game that it's hard to really read too much into. Mm-hmm. You know, it did kind of all go a bit pear shaped with. Uh, with injuries and the team really weren't kind of firing in all cylinders or clicking. Uh, even sort of Charlie playing wasn't really, yeah, you know, joining in the way that he will once he's settled and he, and he knows how to play with the rest of the, the team and they know how to play by him. Uh, so I think Hendry, I thought he was he was quite, he wasn't exceptional in any way, I didn't think, but I think he, 
he showed that he's a player and he, yeah. he wasn't overawed by the occasion and he didn't uh, he didn't look overly worried or get panicked too much at any point. I, I, I fully fully agree. I thought it was quite interesting that when, uh, as Christian points out, that or one of you guys, uh, one of you dickheads points out that Celtic literally went kind of one at the back towards the kind of last stages of the match. Um, even quite early early on in the sort of second half, there were there was times when it was just Hendry. Um, Hendry was kind of the kind of last sort of centre half, and I think it's really interesting that Brendan Rodgers trusts him that much this quickly. Um, maybe it's to do with his recovery pace. I know, obviously, Jordan Jones kind of left him kind of for dead with one one on one, but you know, Jordan Jones is really fast, and again, he'd the pitch etc. Um, for me. Jack Hendry is the perfect signing. He's uh, young. He can develop. He looks technically quite gifted. Um, he looks eager to learn. And for me, I think he's he's absolutely he knows he knows the league. He knows exactly what Celtic are as a club and what the expectation levels are. And he thinks he can you know he can can contribute. Early thoughts on Jack Hendry? Worst centre half debut since Dewey. <laughs> 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 no, I'm, I'm I'm joking. No, he did okay. He did okay. He, he looked raw, which is a word we've used for a few players in in, in the Celtic side, Ed, Edward and and Kouassi. All three of them, what all three of them have got in common is that the, you can see the raw materials there, and certainly with um, not so much Edward. His goal was good against Hearts, but but Kouassi against Hearts, you could see he was starting to become more rounded. Hopefully. Hendry was sloppy in possession a couple of times, misplaced a few passes um, that I can recall in the first half. But you could see that he, he, he's fairly comfortable on either foot. Um, pace, he's got decent pace. Um, so, unlike you, I'm not I'm not sold on him yet, but I can see enough in him that there could be a player there. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going from Neil McCann to Brendan Rodgers. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the one thing that the players at Celtic talk about a lot is just that day-to-day coaching and follow-up that I get at Celtic. It's second to none than probably most clubs in Britain um, because they have such a well-oiled background staff and, you know, they have really smart guys who knows what they're doing and they've got lots of, you know, Ayer has been talking about doing sessions with Colo Tour and they kind of got those players there. So give Henry a, just six months, 12 months to train in, in that environment and, and pick that up, you know, he's... I think that's going to be do wonders for his development. Uh, I we're, we're led to believe that Ayer has. Oh, do you have any background on on what's happening? It, for for his heel, he was going for for an X-ray here. I don't think the results are quite I've, come out yet. I was reading today that he's prob- he's not going to be ready for the the Thistle game, no. but there's a chance he might be ready for the Zenit game. Yeah, I don't know if you don't want to pitch him in, but I mean we can get to the Zenit game probably next week, but. Um, I mean, it was a big blow losing Boyata. They're talking about um, losing him for that game. They're talking about weeks out. How much of a big... Would he be a, a massive miss for you, Derma? Or the fact that Jozo's there? It, what, tell me what your thoughts are on the difference between Jozo and Boyata. Is, are they kind of I mean, same level or both pish? It's kind of strange, isn't it, Boyata? It's <laughs> kind of love-hate. At times, you really see what he can bring to the team. Uh, other times, he's just got those mistakes and sort of poor decision making sloppy passes in him uh, I don't. I, th- I think I'd actually rather have Boyata than Jozo at, at the minute Jozo really sort of I think 
fell from grace for me just with his performances over the last sort of six months and I think uh, Boyata will be a will be a miss yeah um, I think you know when, when Boyata's one of those guys who if he has like a game like the Hearts game for example played uh, really man of the match for me played really really well just terrific it's almost like as soon as kind of as soon as one situation happens or he makes one mistake or someone beats him or it's like he crumbles it's like uh, he fears that no, I mean, I mean, I made the joke about him being a shite bag. He's obviously not a shite bag, right? That's that, that's too harsh a term. But from a professional standpoint, he seems to really lose confidence if something goes wrong. He seems to panic. The panic. He's, he's not as bad now as he used to be. But I mean, when he first came in, he looked like a rabbit in the headlights. Sometimes, uh, yeah. It's just not the same discussion we've been having about F. Ambrose about. A dozen times. Well, the funny thing is, yeah. I don't think Effie Ambrose ever lost confidence. I, I don't think Ambrose no. ever panicked. I, I think, think it just wasn't very good. I just think he made mistakes. I, I, yeah. I think I think maybe he got. But that same, t- he would have runs of really good games and then suddenly go, whoops. I know. Yeah. I, know. No, but I think the difference. I think the difference between Boyata and Effie is Boyata. So Ambrose either is or he thinks he is a football player in terms of he was he was brought out as a ball playing centre half whereas a lot of the time Boyata's looked to me like a centre half an old style centre half who's been asked to play football when ordinarily he wouldn't have done that yeah. now see if you had you told Boyata to play like Baldi in terms of when Anil just said get it to fuck yeah you just yeah. clear everything in sight I reckon Boyata might be you know he would fulfil that role very very well but Rogers has seen something in him where he thinks he can play football. I'm not saying he can't, but I'm saying that he's not overly... He's, I don't know if he's a natural at it, and I suppose he has to work at it. Because see, see when you... This might sound daft, but see when I see him on the ball, you know, and turning and laying it, it's almost like he's totally thinking about it. Yeah. That, that seems weird saying that, but it's, you know, whereas some players at the back will be comfortable and they'll just do it. Boyata always seems quite mechanical. Sorry, quite mechanical about it. Yeah. Um... And that's the thing about him. It's almost like he's that the, the process is going through his head, and that's where some of the mistakes come from. That's really that actually is an interesting kind of kind of point of view because if you look at um, Ayer, and to a late again, we're not, we're, we've only seen um, Hendry this one time for Celtic, but Hendry did look comfortable on the ball. He looked comfortable with the ball at his feet. Um, hopefully, that will obviously develop. Ayer is the perfect example of someone who just. It's so comfortable on the ball. And maybe that has to do with the fact, and you've mentioned this in the past, that he was kind of a, a midfielder when he was at start. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of gone more and more backwards in terms of his position on the pitch throughout his career. He, he always said he played midfield, attacking midfield, with half an eye on what that would do to his centre-half development as well. Just because you, you're a lot more involved on the ball if you're centre-midfield, you kind of just picks up those almost muscle memory of, of dealing with the ball. But I still remember, like, a year's been at the club for 18 months, even when he was out playing for Kilmarnock, you know, he was, he was really close to the club in terms of, you know, having that, you know, getting the feedback and so on. So he's had 18 months of, like, proper, proper coaching um, under Rodgers and so on. So he's, he's probably further ahead in his development, you know, mainly because of that, even though I think to pretty much the same age. But Henry's going to have six months now when he's not he's not really expected to start but he does look like somebody who can pick that up quite quickly and, and really take to that and, and develop so much that you know if you sit here in the summer into, or who's just starting 11 you know Jack Henry might be in that discussion already yeah I, th- I think it's interesting that you know mentioning about Boyata and that idea of just 
develop and just clear the ball. It's kind of like trying to, you know, Steve McManus, you know, for all his flaws, Steve McManus was good at getting in a position and clearing the ball. You know what I mean? He wasn't a good ball playing centre-half. He literally just cleared his lines. Mm. Um, or he gave the ball to Caldwell. You know, that's the, your ball playing centre-half. Who put it out of the park. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But the fact that is, um, if, if we... Sorry. Interesting you you um, you mentioned that. Jack Henry reminded me of Caldwell. Don't know if it was in terms of his gait or the way he was wearing his strip. Or his head? <laughs> no, no, I think his head's fairly proportional to his body, but uh, at one point when he was running with the ball, I went, oh, Gary Caldwell. <laughs> this sounds like I'm downing Jack Henry, I'm absolutely not, but that did, that did come to me. And, uh, My question it? to you is um, Jack Henry on the scrap people already? If he's <laughs> 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 finished like Gary Caldwell. Um, I also take his name. In terms of being called Jack Henry and being a centre half, yeah, I mean that's, that's nine right. out of ten, ten that, out of ten. That's yeah. Roy of the Rover stuff. Isn't that it? does yeah. that does sound like an old fashioned, you know. Jack Henry coming coming out of the fence to give uh, the ball. Jack Henry and it's a goal. Yeah, but Dermo, Dermatron, the Dermaster General. Um, see that idea that you know Boyata, if you actually just let him clear it. See that his inefficiency, his inability to maybe with that sort of panic. Um, you know, you mentioned about him being less of a, um, a, a you, you pick him over Jozo, for example. Yeah. Um, come the Champions League qualifiers, touch wood that we win the league and we get there, uh, would you be happy going in with Boyata? Like, is Boyata in your long-term plans, do you think? It's, it's funny because he kind of drifts in and out of them. He, he he wasn't really, and then he sort of came back and he was looking. He plays all the last. Year. He almost plays these perfect games, yeah, and, and it's like he's, he's really good. And then when you're up against it, he drifts out of it again. I mean, I some we need someone there to take through can Ayer and Hendry, regardless. And I think that's the the next signing. Who's who's Compare. that going to be? I suppose when Compare comes back, cause I'm forgetting all about him. Yeah. yeah. Probably that that will be it then. Compare know? with Ayer and Henry yeah. at each side, or is that too is that too inexperienced, Crystal? It's nope. a good mix. I think it's a good mix. No. If you're old enough, you're good enough. Um, no, yeah. other way around. If you're good enough, you're old enough. I'm um, sorry, to interrupt. But remember Kristen Val, who used to play for Barcelona and yeah. Marseille. Overrated. <laughs> no, he just came in my head there when mm. I called him Crystal. Mm. <laughs> Compare, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, just randomly picked up. Um, but Compare, you, you're looking forward to him coming in, sir, man? Do you think he will? Um, I know we don't know that much about him, but is he maybe the old head that we're maybe doing without? I don't know. I've not seen him. Um, but uh, in terms of choices at the back, do you know what I mean? I think after the Hearts game, I well, Krishna probably. Probably like this, but Ayers put my mind at rest a wee bit because I think he's very quietly becoming a very composed centre half. Composed. Yep. It's yeah. um, the keyword. The bringing the ball out from defence, he's very impressive when it when it, when, it, when it does that. Now he said a few. You know the who we were pl- who were we playing? Uh, it was breaking. Um, where he, he, he could have. Um, Steered the ball out of play, you know, and and, and the, the 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 striker muscled him off the ball and came into the box and it went price. And that's just you know an um, an experience, experience. Do you know what I mean? But they are few and far between. He he does seem quite composed at coming with the ball. He's comfortable 
you know, bringing the ball out if somebody comes to him, he can sidestep them and things. He's starting to become, in my mind, one of the mainstays of the defence, and I think, I think there's a wee bit too much. Um, I don't know. Worry about what's happening at the back. I reckon. I reckon we're starting to get to a point whereby we've got enough options. That I'm talking for the SPL here. I'm, I'm not <laughs> talking about against Zenit. Who knows what's going to happen there? But I'm less worried than I was. Who knows what's going to happen there? We're going to get pumped, aren't we? Why? <laughs> yeah. Going to get pumped, Dermot. It's it's one of these things though, because sometimes you know that the harder the game, the better the performance. Well, that's you know, and it's kind of backs to the wall. So yeah, PSG, you know, Bayern Munich away. The harder the game, PSG <laughs> hurts. Right. See if yeah. they'd blown the whistle after two bloody minutes. <laughs> no, uh, I've got a question here for Dermot. I'm going to come round. I'm going to give you all wee questions. Nice right, one. Be prepared. Uh, so Dermot, uh, we'll get back to the Kelly game because I want to talk about Kelly a little bit. Um, Mark at Mark underscore Celtic. Do we need cover for left back due to Tierney playing nearly every single game? It was revealed this week that Tierney has played more games than any other player in the world. Yeah, um, ever. And no, Miller isn't cover, which I completely agree with. And was it a mistake, Sailing? Is he? So just to start with, do we need we need cover? I think I mean we definitely need cover. Um, I'm not sure about whether it was a mistake selling Izzy. I kind of think Izzy wanted to go. Did mm-hmm. he not at the end uh, to actually be playing football? So I don't really agree with sort of holding on to folk when they're not wanting to Aye. to be there or it's going going against their interests. But uh, I mean, we definitely need cover. I mean, Tierney could get injured uh, any week, you know, and the, the more tired you are, the more likely you are to pick up an injury or to be sort of unable to sort of defend yourself. I mean, Tierney seems to get targeted quite a lot as well. You yeah. Know? Uh, I'm surprised that he's managed such a a long run of games without sort of being taken out. Uh, so I definitely, totally agree. Need someone in, and it would help if it was someone with experience of actually playing football. The thing is, we Celtic has no project um, in terms of the right back. They have a right back cover, but when the right back doesn't play, the right back cover doesn't play. It's <laughs> <laughs> so I, and and he's he's kind of the person you're talking about in terms of Gamboa. Now, obviously, you might get somebody and then uh, yeah, on left back that maybe Rogers trust a bit more. But it seems that when Lustig doesn't play, it's almost a change of formation rather yeah. than putting Gamboa in to do the same stuff. So it might be the similar thing with with, with Tierney. It's, it's it's difficult to buying backups other than a backup goalie you can buy easily enough. Other than that, it's it's, it's a tough sell unless you want a youngster. And you got a youngster there, in you know, in, in, in Miller. So Miller's a winger, though. Miller is a winger who's been converted to fullback, and he's just not a fullback. I know, but, but all, all fullbacks are work. either converted wingers or. Would anyone be happy? Seen, would anyone be happy seeing Johnny Hayes playing there, filling in for a short space of time? Yeah, he's got a broken leg, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Gregor's played there as well. Is he? He's got a broken leg, you dick. Jesus Christ. I was joking. I thought you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much he's on my radar. McGregor can do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't really like McGregor playing there. Um, you don't really like McGregor? <laughs> no, it's not, no I mean, you like him less than me. Can Comper not play there? I'm pretty sure when he signed it, he said he could yeah. play at left back. Funny though, Christian makes the point though, like when, when Lustig doesn't play, you know, the formation's changed. Or we're, we're starting to play three at the back now. Um yeah. You know, with Tierney being almost a wing back, you know, do we need someone who's just you know, Scott? Sin- I'm not saying Scott Sinclair can play as a as a wing back from a defensive point of view, but in the Scottish Premiership, 
are we going to get exposed that much down the flanks if Tierney isn't there, if he's given a rest? I think he's just more likely to go to three at the back. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what I mean. I, though, I, like. I, I don't, I don't see this being. I don't, I don't see it being an issue. I think he's moving. He seems to have been moving away from um, playing a back four. So I think the worry is get, get, making sure we've got enough centre halves fit, as opposed to worrying about fullbacks. Tierney could do with a a spell on the sidelines, and I say that you know. Un- struggling to believe how much football the guy's played for a guy a, a guy his age. I mean, it's not he he sh- he really should have had more of a rest just now. It's just that up until this season, he's fought the last season. His form was excellent, you know. Yeah. The last game I saw Tierney play this season, and I thought, wow, you 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 were excellent. It was Bayern Munich at home. Other than that, I've never I've not really seen him. He was going against Aberdeen away. Yeah. Oh well. The, that was probably the last team performance that I thought everybody was excellent. Yeah, maybe Hearts actually. But the point is, his form's probably dipped, and I think that's probably because of the amount of football the guys played. You know, uh, Jamie, this is for Sir Manny. You thought I was going to go to you, Christian? I but did. Oh, don't you worry. I've got, some, me with those I've got some sexy ones coming up for you, uh, Jamie at Jamie underscore uh, Jamie six seven underscore. What's your opinions on? And this is for you specifically. What's your opinions on Kuwasi? And when does he start to fit in consistently? Was brilliant versus Hearts, but poor versus Kelly. Um, we've also got Rogic Armstrong and Roberts coming back with Masonda to fit in as well. Personally, really like him, but with Brown and Cham, it's hard to pick him. It makes a good point. Um, I that the kind of midfield three of Kuwasi, Brown, and Cham. Obviously, against the Hearts game, it was it worked to a T. It was perfect. Um, the Kelly game different. It was a really really packed midfield from both sides. And also the pitch is a bit smaller, so and the, you know, so I would personally let him away with the fact that maybe he wasn't great, but I don't think anyone particularly was. Um, but when we've got your Rogers coming back, your Roberts coming back, you've got Charlie come, you know, he's starting to play. Um, if we're going to play five in the middle, which I think would be a good idea, uh, does Kuasi fit in consistently? He doesn't. He's not first pick. He, if if all our midfielders are, are fit, then he's not in just now. Um, but what he showed enough, I mean, it was almost like that, you know, a terrier, you know, running about just snapping at people's heels, as the old cliche goes. I thought he was, thought he was really good against Hearts. He still looks as if he could lose the plot at any moment. <laughs> it looks as if he's get, he might have a few disciplinary issues throughout the season. But I, I, I think he's going to play more of a role as, as as the season goes on. I think I think Rogers knows what he's doing. The age of the guy, and he came to the country. From he'd only played a handful of games in Russia. Um, again, they used the word raw to describe him and, and, and Edward. He's starting to become more rounded. I think. I think you can see there's a player, and he's a bit more aware of what Brendan wants him to do on the pitch. He's not at starting position just now for me, but that's not to say that won't change. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm quietly confident that you're going to be a decent player for us. It's funny because you know. We've got such a position of strength. From if everyone's fit, yeah, that five, it's almost two for every position. Yeah, it's actually difficult to pick. I think. I think you could uh, quite easily have a kind of rotation thing going on. Yeah, that's uh, that's my only kind of worry <coughs> in terms of you know we get a consistent consistent team. Um, you let them play. I I like a bit of consistent. Listen, I'm an old school football man. All right. Consistency that would I involve like players staying, staying fit. fit. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think we. I think we need to worry about it. I'm, I'm old school. 
but I don't think we're going to get our way, Christopher. Uh, Sir Man, not Sir Manny, Christian, um, this is from Brian Hamill. Should we have invested more heavily in the last two transfer windows in order to build from a position of strength, or are you content with minimal spending have, and having faith in the Invincible squad? Um, obviously, this window we brought in Jack Hendry, um, we brought in Charlie, and we brought in Bain. Um, Comp- and compare, sorry, of course. Um, compare, obviously, being a little bit of experience. Um, Charlie being that little bit of flair that we've maybe been lacking with Pat and Rogic out um, and Tendry is someone who maybe not going to play a lot of games between now and the end of the season but he'll be blooded in thingy what do you think about that do you think it's good business or do you think we should be still buying more things like, <laughs> I'm not a fan of buying loads of players um, Celtic needs to buy they can really only buy a certain profile of players. So you, you maybe got three three or four different profiles they can buy. You can buy the, the young, really good talent. Maybe, you know, the more local talent like Morgan and Henry. They've done that. You can buy the really experienced ones. At, uh, you know, we may be not getting a game elsewhere, but, you know, the good age to come in and can do something straight away, which I don't would compare. And and those, you know, in a way they're they're kind of easier profiles to buy for because you you just buy the best talent and you can you you can find somebody like Comper. It's the middle bracket that is really difficult for Celtic because ideally you would you know if if you know the financials of world football was a bit more even, they can go and spend good money on a player twenty four twenty five who's getting into his peak years. You can pay him a good comparable wage, and he can come in and be a star straight away. Celtic can't really do that anymore if they want a player that potentially can reach that level. So they have to buy that player two, three years beforehand, which they kind of have done in Kwasi, Sham, and so on. Scott Sinclair is a bit of an exception because his circumstances kind of allow that. But that's that's the kind of three buys that Celtic can do. And they have to take their picks within them and they have to go and get players like Sham... And and Kwasi and then Eddie and, and and Dembele comes into there as well. And I think Celtic has done that really well. Um, but even though for all the money, Celtic could have a not limited money of money, put a money in the bank. But there's only so much they can do. They can't go in and buy. I, I can't really see how you know other types of player they could have bought in the last few windows. And people often, I think, conflate buying lots of players with building, and 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 that's a good window. I don't think it is. You have to find the right type of players. That fits into that kind of in, in the team as well because you don't want too many players. I think you know if we look at Ayer, Ayer was brought in. Um, yeah. He was put on loan, and now as Chris just said a couple of minutes ago, like he looks composed and he looks like he's going to be a really good player. We've brought Morgan in as well. I forgot to mention um, Morgan potentially could go into the mix. I mean, we we don't know we don't know if he's going to be able to kind of hit the ground running, but. I, I completely agree with you. And, and the last point I, was, I forgot to make, it's it's the star loan player that Celtic has quite clearly gone out and done as well. So they've gone out and got Robert Masunda this time. 18-month contracts, maybe another year, whereas they go, okay, well, almost invest the same kind of money. We won't get any return, but you can kind of come in and do the same job. So you've got those four categories that, that Celtic yeah. goes for now. That seems to be our sort of... Uh, 
it's the kind of stock and trade now, isn't it? That's yeah, what we're just going to bring. We're, we're going to bring a kind of high end um, loan player, develop them, and then and that's the thing. People are like, hey, oh, but we're not making any money off them. It's like, yeah, but these are guys who you probably wouldn't have been able to get anyway. But again, look what happened with Roberts. I mean, we, we almost signed them. Yeah, we really did. We yeah. came close, and some of these guys are really not going to get a chance at the Man Cities or the Man U's or. I think there's only going to be more so of those kind of players. Yeah. yeah. Do we do we think that um, Pat will sign in the summer, or do you think look his wee face? So <laughs> I know he's, he's just been unlucky with this injury, hasn't he? It's horrible. Hopefully, right? His stock's gone down a bit. Yeah. And then in the summer, we sign him, and we all live happily ever after. <laughs> Me, all of us, you, Sermani, and Pat in a big house. Yeah. Hanging out. Listen to the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> well, I get a pizza ordered, and you go eat the game in two days. Watch my figure, and I'll go. I'll just eat it. <laughs> but okay, that's a dive into <laughs> some Manny's subconscious. That's really weird. Pizza and pat. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I thought you were living with us as well. Was it? I thought it was all of us. It was a big communal house. I'm, I'm not living in that. I don't <laughs> can you imagine how dirty it'll be. Honestly, <laughs> not in that. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Probably in both ways, actually. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Christian's got high standards. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care about the homosexuality. He doesn't care about the homosexuality, but if, you have, if, if those uh, draws are not clicking clean, sorry. Uh, we kind of like, in, in terms of that whole, mo- you maybe we start f- actually forget how crazy the, the transfer market is, um, especially in England and, and China now as well. Now, there's a lot of talk about the Morales link and stuff like that. I don't think it's inconceivable that some Chinese club can now start going, if somebody does well in the Scottish Premier League for six, seven months, they might come and give him a few million for him. There was a Norwegian kid who um, called Alexander Surlott who had, had a really bad, not really bad, he didn't succeed in, in the Netherlands. He came back to Mitchell in Denmark, played well for four months. He's just signed for Palace, total package can go up to £16 million. And he's not any better than Dembele or... Even Edward, if he had a, a run in the team, so you have to kind of remember that if you can pick up somebody like that, you get good five six months. Especially if you play Champions League, you can sell these guys a crazy money now. Is that? But I think that's where the whole idea of the Colkerth situation comes from. Yeah. That the idea that we might miss out on a on a bargain. We might, but uh, I, mean, I don't. I don't. I don't particularly. I don't. I think Colker might come in and do well, but I don't think we particularly need him. I think the thing is, there's only ever eleven guys going to play in the pitch, and then you know a couple of subs. So you can't really flood the team with. We've got Boyata, Jozo, Ayer, Compare, Jack Hendry. Uh-huh. Uh, we even get Beton. You know, we get six centre halves for, and even Lustig, we get six or seven potential centre halves for sometimes two places. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a bit mental. Uh, kind of got to sell in some areas before we bring anyone else in, I think. I think so, too. I think, you know, guys like... Uh, you know, I, I love Stuart Armstrong, um, but I just I think his time's up at the well, club. When, when Christie comes back, you know, how many midfielders and attacking midfielders can we actually I think, accommodate? I, I think it's interesting. Christie, what are you watching? His chances are of coming back and actually... I think he's had a great season, but... <laughs> I'm really not sure that it's going to make that much difference because when he comes back, uh, you can have Rogic, uh, Paddy Roberts, uh, Charlie, uh, Forrest, Forrest having a great season, Sinclair. And then you've got Morgan coming in and you've got Johnny Hayes coming back. Hayes maybe won't be as big a a threat to miss. Roberts is signing. Roberts is signing. We're going to live in a wee house with 
But Christie's had a, had a great <laughs> season and he, he looks fantastic, so I'd give him a chance. But he's one of the best players in the league. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough. I, mean, I, I love him, man. He's brilliant. Obviously, just picking up on that. Christie? Aye. I, 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 I don't see him becoming a. I don't s- player a long, long term. I, I think he's a good player, but I just I don't I don't see I I I, I don't I, just, I don't think he's better than most of the players we have, and I think that's the problem. You know, I you know we, me and you specifically, and I know you're not a fan either. Kind of shit on James Forrest, right? Um, but <laughs> James Forrest, For several years ago, <laughs> yeah. but James Forrest can be one of those players where he if he turns up he has a phenomenal game plays yep, yep. brilliantly against Bayern Munich for example he can turn on it's not is it his lack of consistency really fucking frustrates me however you can see the value in him and you can see that he brings something that at times that other people don't I get that Christie I'd like him to get the opportunity to kind of I'd just like him to get an opportunity but as we mentioned all those players it means that when you get... A ch- and that's the thing with Griffiths as well. When you get an opportunity, you need to take it. Because you'll be out the team the, the week after. And it might not be, be be because you had a bad game. It's just going to be because you you're know injured. someone else... Yeah, yeah you're injured. <laughs> or someone else needs a, you know, a, a, a chance. And that's why... I, in, a, in a lot of ways, Celtic is not going to be a great breeding ground for bedding in young players because they're not going to really have the consistency to run because we've got such a high standard of squad and that goes back to the whole um, you know why England lose and the kind of thing it's that anomics and all that and mm. about if, you know you sh- the best players will ri- the best young players will rise to the, cr- the top the cream will rise to the top sort of thing but for a guy like Christie and a guy like Morgan they're going to be competing with each other and um, it's it's, I mean, I'm happy that we're investing in Scottish youth, but at the same time, I, I can't see, I can't see them getting the real opportunity. There's, well, in terms of the midfield, though, for next season, right away, Roberts probably won't be there. Um, I'd say Armstrong probably won't be. There I was going, that's, I was going to say Armstrong. So that's that's the midfield too light now. Um, who? Morgan comes in and Christie comes back though. Yeah, I mean, so that 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 probably replaces them in terms of what you've got in the midfield. Rogers isn't likely to play a settled team. Are they going to get opportunities? Yeah, I mean, in the middle of the park and in, in in the central, there's only one person if he's fit, he's playing without a doubt. Scott Brown. Yeah, I don't think anybody else is guaranteed a, a starting berth. No, um, and that shows you that. One, it's there's a rotational system, and two, that you will get a chance at some point. Now, I still think Cham might become the one who sick. The two of them are f- first picks on the team sheet, yeah. but that's another three places up for grabs. So, I reckon we'll see what if what Christie's learned from his spells away. Uh, he'll get a goal. I think he might not take it, but you know the chance should be there for him. Um, you know he knows more about coffee and. Stuff in New York. Uh, Sean McGinley uh, for Dermot um, asks a question, not specifically for you, but just for the name. Okay. But you know, you're here. You're here for anyone. At Hicks and Nuctional on um, on Twitter. I think that's it. You've not you've not tweeted in about four years, but five. Get back into it. Um, why is Scott Sinclair so shite but good at the same time? General play to stats. Um, and does he hold Keon Tierney back? I think Tierney prefers the freedom of the flank, and he always seems frustrated with Sinclair's real lack of differing movement. Uh, I kind of get what he says from a stats point of view. Um, point at Christian there. Uh, he, he jumps off the pitch, um, but there are times in the game when he is really, really frustrating. 
I think he's been massively frustrating all season. Uh, not least just missing sitters. Where you wonder how's he how's he managed it. I, th- I think it's definitely true what he's saying about Tierney. You can see Tierney getting frustrated and kind of almost angry at times with Sinclair. Yeah. See him shooting um, at him. Aye, and I think he's just looking for more movement or Tierney's wanting to play a different kind of ball to him and Sinclair just isn't making himself making the runs really as much as he probably could do and he's wanting the ball to feet and then basically sort of he's going to do his cut inside if he can and then uh, try to hit it in the top try corner, in the top corner and it's, it's not really been working um, I'm kind of baffled as to why Sinclair's forms dip so much and I understand that people you know do sort of double team him at times but he's still there's been times he hasn't hello <laughs> there's been times he just hasn't looked interested or yeah what do you think that's down to do you think it's just people have learned how to mark him in terms of play um, um, teams are now figuring Celtic out a little bit it just seems a bit one dimensional at times and when you've got that pace you shouldn't be you know it's an, an extra weapon that he doesn't seem to use yeah. enough and I think that's frustrating you Sometimes some of the ball and you think, like, just go. Run. You know, go. And and it doesn't. And you're like, why not? Yeah. You, you kind of touch upon this last week as well in terms of the creativity that's out of the team in terms of Roberts and, and yeah. Rodri. Uh, so there's, in a strange way, there's less threats attacking-wise for Celtic now. I think also that Dembele hasn't played a lot. Dembele is really good at finding, coming back and finding his spaces and holding up the ball. Whereas and, and and Sinclair can you know feed off that and, and run off that, so I think it hasn't helped Sinclair that Nabella's been out quite a bit as well. But as you say, it's I think teams kind of a lot aware of him and they, they kind of overload that side. And you know, and one of the reasons maybe that James Forrest has had quite a productive season is because he's been playing regularly, but also. You know, there's probably a lot more space for him in terms of there because you know the focus is a lot on on Sinclair. Um, but yeah, he kind of. I mean, he, he, even stat wise, he's, he's a little bit down from from last season. He's still top of the league. I mean, he's still producing in you know numbers and uh, that are really good. But in, you've kind of got this is a little bit harsh, but you've kind of seen in, in Sinclair's eighteen months of Celtic why he was so highly rated. But also see how he's he's obviously frustrated fans at a lot of clubs yeah. so far. And you, you, you can kind of see why. Uh, interesting point. Um, so, Manny, I've got a question for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this kind of plays into Craig Levine talking about <laughs> Scott, Scott Brown. Um, so, um, at the main stand, uh, do professional footballers deliberately get a yellow card sometimes? Do you think that? Do you think they do tactically get bookings or do you think that no, do you think players got into that because uh, so from what I'm led to believe uh, Craig Levine basically said Sc- Scott Brown said I got booked because Craig Levine's comments um, Craig Levine rebutted and said that uh, Scott Brown got booked on purpose so that he doesn't miss the upcoming Glasgow Derby match against uh, the Rangers um, I imagine players some has that happened do will players take a booking because they know it's going to put them out of a certain game over another yeah I'm sure that's happened and I'm sure managers have told them to get booked for that particular reason did Brown do it this time I don't know what I do know is that Craig Levine is a bellend absolutely 
<laughs> right now, it, it's almost. What's happened to him? It's, it's close. He's, he's that close to driving to Dundee in his bare feet. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I don't know what it is, man. But because he's actually done quite well recently with Hearts. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's almost like, you know. Everybody remembers his tenure at Scotland and went right. Craig Levine's an absolute joke. He's came in, he's done well, he's, he, and things. But he, he's also, you know, about you know Alan Partridge style, going to be eating tolerones <laughs> on the way up the road. I don't know where it's come from, but it's almost. If I was Scott Brown, I'd be taping my letterbox up, man. Craig <laughs> poking his face through, shouting at him. It's it's, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre, definitely. Yes. I think he's lost it. He, even you know the sort of the scraps and the sidelines, and he's almost came in and he's thought he's going to show folk that he's a big man and that really you know he's what it's all about and he's an authority in things and it's just really he's dropped in my estimation. My estimation was quite low anyway. <laughs> came away. So yeah, I, I really th- I think he's become a bit of a, a kind of sideshow. The whole stuff with Michael Stewart as well. Yeah, yeah. it was just embarrassing. It, it seems a little bit like a midlife crisis as, as a man. <laughs> yeah. kind of Towards there as well because he's. I mean, he is. I, th- I think he is a good coach. He was. He did really well with Dundee United before that. He's messed it up a bit with Scotland, but I think he's. I think he's a good coach, but I, I don't know where all this is. <laughs> all this is coming from. But what happens um, when Hearts form dips, which it's going to? And, and, and he's really under pressure. He's I, just you know, gonna, it's, it's, gonna not, it's not the advanced stats pod, but Hearts results are, are, are built on very shaky foundations. They'll, they'll, their results will start to dip. Yeah, but, but they're, they're built on shaky foundations, you know, clean sheets and goals. Um, <laughs> Craig Levine. Underlying stats. <laughs> Sorry. Craig Levine's we look beyond that. Uh, autobiography, bounce back, available at all, <laughs> all good petrol stations. Man. I did have and am bouncing back. Um, Liam McLaughlin actually asks, on a scale of one to Neil McCann, how much of a wanker is Craig Levine? <laughs> Which is uh, nicely put. Uh, just to kind of finish up the kind of Kilmarnock, um, Malumbu, he's played a handful of games. I think he's played seven or eight games. Yeah. Um, how good is he, Sir Manny? Um, we, we saw him at West Brom. Um, then he went to Norwich. He, he played uh, consistently in the English Premier League. He's obviously of a, of a very good standard. Yeah. Um People are talking about bringing him in to, to Celtic or, you know, I think personally that if, if, if Rangers are smart, he'll be a free agent come the summer. Rangers should go for him, um, depending if they can afford them kind of on a long-term deal. What's Malumbu bringing, bringing to the, the kind of um, the game? Well, I mean, he's obviously a decent operator. Um, Is he a smooth operator? A smooth operator. That's a good song, Shaddy. But, no, I think he's a good player. I, I think what we need to do is calm down a little bit in terms of any time a player shows a, a slight bit of form <laughs> that we, that we, we decide. Sign him. We've he's just, brilliant! We've just talked about how many midfielders <laughs> we've got and we're talking about Blaine. No, but he's, he's looked as if... It's a bit like... Um, who was the French player that they signed as well years ago? Who? Cocard. Christophe Cocard. Ah, Cocard. Cocard was briefly... Million pounds, 750,000. Yeah, he went to... Uh, and if memory serves, he had a couple of good games as well, but then faded. I, I think... Remember what, Mark Libra? I do remember from Mark Libra. And we almost signed him. Was, mm-hmm. was it Auxerre, was that? Uh, was it Auxerre? And then he went to Hibs, and then he went to Norwich. Yeah. He was brilliant. He was a really clinical striker, uh, but then he just fell off the face of the planet. Thanks. Overrated, <laughs> underrated. No, what my, my point is, my point is, I think from what I've read about Malumbu is there's uh, problems with his consistency. Now, 
that may be less of a problem at Kilmarnock, but it's probably the reason he's at Kilmarnock. So the idea that we go and buy him, I'm not really in favour of, but, you know, I was impressed with him, and I think he's he's made a real difference to I think that he, side. I think what he does is what Kowasi's going to do. You know, he's going to break yeah. up play, he's going he's going to be aggressive, as you mentioned, like kind of be on the heels of the defenders. I think we've got a younger, better, more technical version of him. Um, well, hopefully, if, if, if yeah. he develops the way he should. If yeah. he develops the way he should. Uh, yourself, Christian, you said that he's uh, in our WhatsApp group you today. You said he's better than Scott Brown. Oh, twice Has as good. Been twice, twice as good. As good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's really just a wind-up, Martin. But, no, I, I think I think what we're saying is, is if on current form, Malumbo would walk into the Celtic team. I think I think he's good enough for a place in the Celtic team right now. Samani says that, you know, where's the consistency? Would you buy somebody who's 31 uh, for that position? And and so on, but you know he's he's obviously a quality player, somebody who's I just had a quick look there, almost like two hundred Premier League games. He was player of the year at West Brom. It basically the last two years he's been played by injuries, and he's he's never really got into one of the teams. So there's obviously somebody who hasn't played that much over the last two seasons. Who's obviously massively talented, um, coming to the twilight of his career. So it's again. You know, I think he came to the Kilmarnock, you know, through Steve Clark and his because he, he played on him at West Brom. So, yeah, I'm, I'm think, I think he's he's, he's uh, a player who, yeah, he sits deep and he can break up play. But he was, he was also quite, you know, in part of the game against Celtic there at the weekend. He was, he was going pressing up quite high forward as well. So he's he's, he's a proper box to box. I, I, I think he's, I think he's a goal great player. Didn't he? Yeah. You were. You tapped the goal in. That was musical statues yeah. from Beaton. Aye, that wasn't that wasn't great. Um, read the intro, but can we? Beaton is. I know he's, he's good at playing out and that, but he's he's. I think he's a liability or something. Yeah, he's not a defender. As, as soon as he has to defend, he can't. And that's no. it's fine to be offensive, but he crumbles so quickly when he has to do anything. I just don't think he knows where to be. Yeah, no, he posi- positioning his positioning is rotten, and then you, you, you seen their goal on, on Saturday. Was it Jones that crossed Jones the ball? Bonnelly, yeah. Um, you can see why Rangers are after him. Because <laughs> he's fast. No. <laughs> Fucking hell! Yeah. What can I say? Was that no, really, no, Mullen Boom. Was a really good ball for the goal. Yeah. Yeah? It was a really good ball for the goal. It was all right, but oh, Jesus oh, it was pretty good. Oh, Beaton would have if if Beaton was a proper well, centre half, yeah. he would have cleared. It. That's a, that's a fair yeah. enough point, yeah. right? So so no, he looks okay. He looks okay, but t- to be perfectly honest, Jordan Jones bailed into insignificance next to Malumbu. But that the point I, I was going to make about Beaton was as and I'm pretty sure he, he did this playing in the Champions League. He just stands still. It's like he can't react to a ball coming in. It's almost like here it comes. I'm doing, I'm doing it like a Bayer, Bayer, thing there. Yeah, Bayer, he's literally just... Do the audio description yeah. thing that you get in films. You know? um, Chris O'Manny is um, doing a hing. Um, right, uh, aye, so, but that's... It could feasibly have been nil-nil on, on Saturday because, as I said, I don't think they were a, a particularly effective attacking If uh, we, ha- we hadn't lost our two centre-halves, we might, uh, might yeah, have been nil-nil. Because I, don't, cause I think that was solely down to the fact Beaton cannot defend. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know... Interesting fact, um, interesting point made earlier as well um, about Steve Clark, and he's came into a club that were kind of bottom of the league. Uh, Kelly are now seventh, uh, but they've got three games in hand uh, over Motherwell, who are just above them. Um, 
you know, Christian said that, you know, he came, it was like a tactical, it was like a sort of coaching tactical masterclass from, from Clark. And I think in a, in a lot of ways it was, using his old, you know, all of his, his experience. Um, he's got so much out of that Kelly squad. Do you think it shows how the difference between coaching at that, you know, a decent level and the coaches in Scotland? Do you think it shows the Scottish Premiership coaches up for maybe not being as good as... They should be. No, I don't really think it does. I think that he's maybe benefited in the way that if you've coached at a high level and you've got connections with those players, then you're able to get folk like Malumbo up the road. Mm-hmm. That actually adds a lot to your to your squad and brings other folk on as well. He's obviously a really good coach. I wouldn't automatically take that as a slight in other coaches in the league, uh, apart from like Neil McCann. Uh, why, Neil, why Neil McCann? <laughs> That's a Again, joke. Again, yeah. Because he's a fucking dickhead. Yes, I mean, is Owen Coyle going to turn it around? I, I'm not sure that I can really <laughs> see that happening. No. And I wouldn't say that Owen Coyle was a, a terrible coach. You know, he'd done it in, in England as well. He just maybe hasn't benefited by able to get the same kind of quality players to join him. Owen, Co- Owen Coyle could potentially be out of a job come the, come the summer. Because, yeah. they, you know, they basically reacted to... Uh, McNa- um, um, Jim McAnally and uh, Jim, Jim McAnally, um, Jim McIntyre, um, they reacted to him very early on, um, and this is a guy who's won a trophy with them, um, and so from that point of view, I, I it's going to get to a point where it's like, well, we need one last roll of the dice. If it comes to March and they're still bottom, it's going to be that sort of last roll of the dice to to bring someone else in to freshen the squad up. He literally could be out of a job, and yep. I remember when he when he when he signed for Ross County, we were all like, oh, that's a Cool, it's a really great sign, and it's you know, and it, there ha- there was a slight improvement for the first sort of you might know better like five or six games they kind of took a dip up, um, but it's kind of just simmered out again. A dip up, yeah, it's an oxymoron, isn't it? Aye. You're a fucking oxymoron. Yeah. An oxymoron. I'm, 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 I'm on, I'm on board <laughs> the clock train. Um, it was something since he's he's come up here. I think he's only Celtic Rangers. And just about Aberdeen's got more points than Kamarnock. And it, Dermot said it helps getting a really good player in. Uh, it's never a bad thing. Uh, I think McCulloch's team, like the performances on the McCulloch this season was better than the results. I think he was yeah. actually slightly unlucky too. Um, they did the same thing as, as County. They just pulled the trigger quite early. But then again, if, if, if you can get Steve Clark, um, you, you get him in. So, But no, I, I, think, I think with Clark's experience... And when I say it's, 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 he's a better manager than and a coach than the rest of the league outside Rogers, it's not. It's a slight slight on, on on the rest of the coaches, but it's also like a recognition that the guy's been assistant to Mourinho. He was assistant to Kenneth Daglish at Liverpool, where he, he basically run all the tactical stuff, and and Daglish was the forefront. It's, it it did well at West Bromwich. He's great, ah, yeah, again. Uh, so, I mean, that's a really good experienced coach who knows his tactical stuff and he's obviously a good man- manager as, as well. So, he, he, I think he was always, he can go in and, and do a, a club in the Premier League now. You see some of the guys who get like Pardew and Allardyce and Pulis who, who yeah. gets jobs in Premier League. He's just as good as any of them. I think he's, he's, he's almost a bit more sophisticated and, and progressive and better than them. So, I don't think it's like a big insult to the rest of the managers in the league to say Clark's like at least the second best manager in in, in Scotland, uh, Murty being the best. Um, I, I not Lennon. Of course, who scored Saturday at Ibrox? A mastermind. Who scored? <laughs> who scored the first goal, my friend? Who scored that? That I would call it a thunder. 
big cunt of a goal. Lennon's Len <laughs> a no. very different kind of of coach, though. He's, he's you know, he's, for Clark, you know, and I, <laughs> you know, Lennon is good, and I think he's definitely among the, the best managers in, in the league. But he's very, you know, different to Clark. What? Did you just say Lennon's good? Did I? <laughs> Maybe it was How sick are you? Is that your feedback? <laughs> um, just looking ahead, uh, so we've got Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. Um, then, obviously, we've got a kind of key game um, when we play Zenit um, on Thursday. As I say, we'll look, we'll look closely, more closely at the Zenit game um, on Tuesday, which will be our next podcast, and we'll have Alex Lawrence on, who he's a Zenit fan. Half Russian. Half Russian. Um and the other half is really lazy. Oh, well, really I'm slow. I, yeah. <laughs> At least I got that quicker than Dermot. <laughs> and me. It took me a <laughs> while there. I don't really get it myself. Um, so, just looking off, uh, ahead to the Partick team, um, the Partick game, uh, a question, Kieran C67, Dermatron, do you think Rogers will start Dembele against Partick? I think he needs that extra game in a row for sharpness before Zenit. Thoughts on his performance against Kelly and should he play against Partick? I think he should play against Partick as long as he doesn't get injured. Uh, you know, <laughs> but don't have that kind of uh, ability to look into the future. I think we weren't very good. We weren't linking up well. So the more games that Dembele gets, if he's going to be playing Charlie in that role behind him, that they can hopefully get a bit of experience of linking up with each other ahead of a what's going to be a harder test at Zenit, then definitely we should be going for it. Um, Would you play two up front against Zenit? No. 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 Not for you? No, not at all. I mean, I'm, again, I don't know that much about Zenit, but I do kind of fear that it, it might not be pretty. Yeah, um, that's my fear as well. Uh, I would, uh, you know, cause the reason I ask about the two up front is obviously against Hearts. We played um, with uh, Edward and Dembele. Edward was a little bit more kind of, um, Edward seemed to be the striker and Dembele was just a little bit off him. Edward was um, so Dembele held the ball up really well, brought a lot of different aspects to his game, two assists and the goal. Um, how uh, would, what did you think of that? That I know, obviously, we're kind of looking at the Partick Thistle game, but Edward and Dembele playing off each other really quite well against uh, Hearts at home. Would you maybe say, well, why don't we try that again against Kelly against uh, Partick? I, th- I thought Edward was was quite good, and in fact, he started well in that game. But then I thought he faded his one, a little his bit. One on ones are poor. Well, his finish was great for the first, for the first you one. Know, but then um, there was two more after that where he was quite poor with his finishing. Basically, the thing about Edward is, um, I didn't think he was. That's not fair. I thought he was pretty good overall, but I think him being there helped. Dembele to 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 improve his game really. I don't know if Dembele is is better playing as a part of a front two, and Griffiths just doesn't complement him because I've never seen them play particularly well together. Yeah. But if it is a possible, I mean, I, I did think that that was the best game that Dembele had had in some time, and I know he, and he's been out injured, and I I don't know if that was down to the fact that he had a partner up front, so it, may, it might be worth considering, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm less. I'd be more inclined to go safe. Go four five one. You know. Um, against um, against Partick Thistle, you you played Dembele though. Yeah, I think you need that. I think Dembele's the sort of guy that needs games to kind of start to get back to 
you know, he's he's best. I think he requires a few games to kind of tick, tick up. He's not the sort of guy that can get fit and go straight back into a team and be uh, firing all cylinders. So I, he needs to start against Thistle and hopefully avoids injury. Uh, Christian, do you play the team against Thistle that you're going to play against Senate or do you rest most of them? Well, I thought Rogers and Inches have played a part here. We're, after the winter break, he was going to have a series of games where, you know... The, the big last goal of the season is the, is the Senate games and potentially after that. So it surprised me more that Rogers haven't tried to drill a certain team and a system. And there's a lot of factors coming into why he maybe have, haven't done that, you could transfer window and so on. But I, I've been surprised how much rotation it has been after that winter break. So I know I so for the party game, I don't think he will. I don't think there's any <laughs> point doing that. I think it's certain players. I think yeah, Dembele is one of them. I think it'd be a big clue if Sinclair starts or not in terms of, of, of whether he comes in. I think if you want to play two up front or at least Dembele a bit behind and Eddie a bit uh, ahead uh, against Senate, you probably need another game. Yeah, With that, I'd say as well. So certain parts of it. But yeah, no, I think you know people like Brown's probably not going to play a year is probably out, as you said. In Joe's will come in for that, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, Joe's will, will need a game. So Lustig might come back. So, so yeah, so, and maybe a jumping a bit forward here, but yeah, Lustig is, is you know, I I'd be tempted to go forward to back if Lustig was 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 back already. Um, but yes, yeah, so it'll be interesting. But I think there's so many players that might play on next Thursday that are not going to make the party game anyway. So you're probably looking at pockets of players who will get a game because you know they need to get in would you rest here for this game guys yes yes yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I, all, all humanously, unanimously agree yep. that we'd rest here yeah I mean, I mean first and next week might be the last big occasion of Celtic Park this season okay you you got you know raising the trophy and all that but the, the league will be one, one soon if it's you know a cup will be, be elsewhere so so first day is, is a huge huge night for this football club for the rest of the season so um, it'll be interesting for someone like Tierney uh, he'll be 100% up for that so uh, yeah I, I think people just want to kind of get through the Fistle game as almost almost a, a, a training session uh, and if that sounds disrespectful to Fistle it's because it is because uh, I don't rate them very much uh, <laughs> at the moment, but I, I, I think don't hold back, Christian. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I think it's 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 all eyes on Senate in, in terms of the games on Saturday. I think Thistle have been better than the results. I, I they've disagree. achieved. No, <laughs> I think they have. And they're getting a bit better. They have been better. No, I think that earlier on they were give, having some not bad performances, but just not really hitting the net. Uh, I think Thistle are going to stay up definitely. They had that last season where the, the performances were a lot better than the results. Mm, I don't really see this. How many goals has Connor Salmon got um, recently? Ah, uh, exactly. I know Connor. that. I, come on, that's not going to last. <laughs> What's he feed the fish? I think that's what the fans <laughs> are shooting. He's a football man. You just look at fucking spreadsheets. Like, you listen to what he says. Tissel's right? going to get really like it. Uh, say it now. Um, I, so, as, as we're kind of in agreement, start in belly, rest your tyranny. If you're playing four at the back, if you're if you're going to play Lustig, for example, against Senate, then bring him in. I think they probably will go four at the back against Senate. But again, we'll leave that. Uh, oh, actually, Chris, against Partick, would you rest Brown? No. Just keep him going, keep him ticking over. Yeah. 
Grand yeah, State. no, no. I don't think we can take our eye off um, the Thistle game. Yeah. The idea that we can just uh, rest, you know, key players, and he is the, the first name in the team sheet. He, he's he's the the only guy that I think you know pretty much starts every game. Remember, this is the cup. Yeah, and Thistle have got nothing to lose. Yeah, sense. you know, and and the fact of the matter is, the knives are, we've lost a couple of games now. If we don't win the treble, which Let's be honest, it's, it's a big ask to win the treble again. But the knives will start to come out. You know, it's something that we need to... I think that needs to be a focus. I don't think there's ever been back-to-back trebles in Scotland. Now, no. if we do that, that's another record in the record books. I think most people, given our form, have written off the Zenit games. So, uh, whilst I would prioritise some players for that game, I would keep the core nucleus of our team yeah. for the Thistle I, game. I, I'm, I'm so relaxed about the weekend. Oh, I'm Almost horizontal. I don't Jesus say that's man. you put the whole. Is this going? To, this, this, this is up there with your Cathro prediction. <laughs> I think because this is a cup, I'm kind of with you, so many because it's the cup. It's it's a different kettle of fish, and that it kind of is must yeah. win, isn't it? You but know, I don't say you know a, a brand new team, but I think yeah. y- you do things in that game based on what you want to do at, at Senate, and I think I don't think I just don't think Fistel are nowhere near good enough. Good mm. um, <laughs> prediction for Thistle. Not done that for a while. It's good. Um, Don't remember what you did it the first time. To be honest with you, no, Bowd normally does it. Bowd normally does it. It's the old Mister T thing. Um, three one. Three one sale. I think Tissel will win. No. Um, <laughs> four one Celtic. Four one. Two nil. Two nil. I'll go. I can. I think three ones. A kind of good. I think we'll probably concede, but I think we'll be ahead at that point. Um, Away from kind of the actual kind of on f- on pitch sort of stuff on pitch on field stuff, uh, the financial report was released. I'm getting this from Focus on Celtic, um, which is a terrific uh, Instagram and Twitter account. You should follow it. Just uh, type in Focus on Celtic. Um, so on their Instagram, they put some of the details up and kind of so we can kind of go over. Um, Celtic financial report show a revenue of seventy one point five million. 2016, it was 61.2. A profit from trading of 23.7 million. It was 21.4. That was last year, 61.2. That's what I said. No, well, the accounts before these accounts. That's what I said. That's what you said. Okay. Did he? I didn't hear a word you said. Okay. <laughs> Celtic financial reports. I think the point was that it went yeah. up. Show, show a, re- a revenue of 71.5 million. Get to the point. How much Wonga have we got in the bank? Uh, How much are we not going to spend? Yeah. In the so we've got 30.9 million cash in the bank compared to 2016, where we had 18.6. Sure. So we made a pre tax profit of 19.5 million pounds. Is this. Obviously, that a lot of this is to do with uh, players we've sold, um, um, and also it's to do with Champions League money. There's a lot of people saying, you know, we should be spending more money. I personally would title back to what Christian was saying about, you know, actually looking for value in terms of what the transfers transfer market is and how difficult it is. We've got a massive operating cost in terms of wages and just the club in general. Um, we're looking healthy, there's no question about it. Uh, but how much... Would not qualifying for the Champions League affect us? Well, a lot, uh, and that's essentially you know you're saying you have thirty millions in thirty million in the bank. That's because Celtics made a profit of, as you said, sixteen, seventeen million the last couple of years, and that goes into the bank. Um, so it's it's that is money you put away. 
essentially for a rainy day because if you don't get Champions League qualification as a big big chunk of your revenue just gone away uh, so in, in terms of the player sale as well I, I don't think that in terms of players going out and then in this period like the six month period there was hardly any differences you know there was I think there was slight you know, it was a million something in, in, in profit, I think. So there was hardly anything. So it is all Champions League. And essentially, what the club is saying is like they're putting aside that money. So if you don't qualify for the Champions League that year, you're covered. You probably would lose, you know, 10 million that season. You know, and then you need to have essentially, as a business model, you need to qualify for Champions League at least. At least one in three years, and preferably two in three years, just to keep that going. And and as you say, I mean they've they made ten million more uh, these six months than they did uh, the same period last season. But the the expenses, like the actual money, they've, they've, they've you know outcome is is going up as well. So it's not like Celtic's not spending money; uh, they're just making more money than they spend. And instead of you know taking out securities on different parts of their properties and stuff <laughs> uh, and, 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 and what not and what else is going on you know you you put that away because if, if they don't make the Champions League which is they've been pretty close even when they have qualified to go out you know you, you just need to have that in the background um I'm taking this from uh, Maravchik67 on Twitter, at Maravchik67. Which is also a really good Twitter account. Yes, it really is. Uh, we update on next season's Champions League qualifying. On current standings, the playoff seats would be PSV, PAOK, Ludigrets, and Salzburg. Celtic would be the first unseeded team. Mm. Big difference from Astana. And Hapoel. Yeah. And Hapoel Bersheva. Yep. Um, and, and Malmö for that case. I know. What, what are your kind of thoughts on, on, on that? That's worrying, right? I think it is worrying, but it's not insurmountable. We can beat each of those teams, I think. Uh, but can we beat them on our usual pre-season form? But that's, that's, that's what you say. It is, it is the Dutch teams, because the Dutch league yeah. has done so badly. They're falling into that yeah. actual qualification champions route now, which is actually good for them. Oh, and it's not good for them because they're not automatically qualified, but... It's it's not good for the teams underneath because nice. you're going to get teams like PSV and yeah. yeah so Manny, you know, k- kind of um, coming. But are you and this one more round this qualifying as well. That's right. Yeah, so we have to do four rounds. Are you eating a sweetie? Are you eating a Malteser? We Malteser, probably stuff. Other um, wee sweeties are available. Um, obviously, we've seen as I mentioned, you know, Bersheva and uh, it was a standard last year, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, we almost went this, out this season. Remember, we almost went out to both of them though. Yeah. Um, we didn't. We didn't. No, we didn't. Almost go out to Astana. Well, we didn't. <laughs> we didn't no, we it didn't. Was, if you yeah, think back, yeah, we didn't. Fair enough. Maybe that, a shaver. Fair yeah, shaver. Um, squeaky bum time. Yeah. Um, but well, you know, but, I, I, as Rosenberg, I mean, there's the tie was the tie was tied with about twenty five minutes left. So, hey. and then we fucking battled them. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know who was good at centre half that night? He <laughs> <laughs> was good. Sums you know, up, yeah, and uh, James Forrest playing up front scores the goal, mm-hmm. scores the winner. Uh, but what, what we dominate Norwegian football. Norwegian football is like a fleck of dust to us. It's nothing. It's pathetic. So Johnston goes to Rosenberg and wins. At least so we have got you know at least teams in the Europa League group stages. So, so do we? Yeah. What? No, you, no, you don't. You just have them in Champions League. Oh, sorry, we, ju- we just go straight we to the knockout stages. Are, are there yeah. any Norwegian teams in the Europa League group um, knockouts to phases? There we go. Um, they had a tougher draw. How do you think that um, 
so Manny, you know the idea that we're going to play teams in the playoff round that are, you know, your PSVs and even your Ludigrets who've had, you know, Champions League kind of pedigree over the last couple of years. Do you think in any way that changes our thinking in terms of transfer windows? Um, no, not for Rodgers, I don't think. I think... Um I think we we, we kind of just keep doing what we're doing. What Dermot said, I mean, Odegaard's PAOK, PSV. You always go, oh no, they're a Dutch team. Yeah. They're, Aye, they're the one you'd want to avoid. I don't think any of the other teams are teams that we should. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to be easy games, but at the same time, it's not easy to qualify for the Champions League because yeah. because you know with it, with with, it, with the way the qualifying rounds work. So we shouldn't be thinking, oh no, we can't beat them. No, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm, Personally, I'm not saying we can't beat them, but Dermot raises the point that our preseason, like you know, we've went into these ties and we've got through them, and absolutely hats off to Rogers and the players, no doubt about it. It doesn't matter how you get there, just as long as you get there, absolutely. But it's not like we've been teams like Bersheva are the level below this qualifying round, and we're just about scraping past them. Yeah. So that's the only like I'm not saying that we won't go out, and I would fucking I would take anyone. Look, you just have to you have to do it. We don't have a, don't have an option, but it's just that worry that you'd maybe think to yourself. I'm looking at my squad, and I've got you know I've got Roger who's a match winner, um, but he can't always necessarily he might not be fit at that, if he's at the World Cup. You know, Ro- you know Roger could be at the World Cup, and so so straight away I feel his Pat. You know, um, Charlie will still be there and stuff, but I I, I, don't, I just wonder if it's going to maybe tweak Rogers thinking in terms of what we need to get through those qualifiers possibly I mean it, it's, it's weird I mean off the back of last season we went into these qualifiers and we went into this season full of confidence now everybody's a bit down on us because of, of, of our form um, uh, coming into this Zenit game's pretty much been written off because you know the way thing, the way things finished in the Champions League and I'm glad the Zenit game's been written off though I'm glad that everyone's kind of Get low expectations because I think that is going to work in our favour. Do you remember when everyone thought, or not everyone, but a lot of folk, folk thought we were going to beat Juve, <laughs> and the Juve game was a <laughs> foregone conclusion? Yeah. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I love about that? Right? Most people base that on the fact Italian football wasn't in Channel Four anymore. <laughs> 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 shite now. They've not been on the telly for a while, and it's like. You haven't watched Italian football since Gaza was at Lazio. <laughs> yeah, no. And ah, oh, no, you've heard me. Cause I heard they get relegated once, you know, the, the, such limited knowledge of the league. Um, but it's also like when we get a qualifier, we, when we get the draw for the, the Champions League, I, t- I, I take any English team, I take them all. It's like, I wouldn't. Well, we do, we do tend to do quite well against them. No, know, not not that, not this team in Europe though. This team in Europe are getting fucking pumped by everybody, yeah, which they I mean, are. I mean, well, I'm not, I'm not saying well, that. I bet the mindset. That's because they're set up to go toe to toe with yeah. teams. But I, was I making a point? I can't even remember. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're making a point about. Um, All right. Okay. Yeah. Un- underestimate. Okay. I th- I th- one thing I think uh, is really important is to get the team fit. I mean, it's. I think that's what's broken up our momentum a lot. Now, guys playing well. Like, there's part of it. Maybe guys were playing above themselves last season. They've maybe come down to their true level. I've heard some people say that. That may play a factor of it. But the, the point is, people have been stop start for for so long this season. I mean, the best football we played last year was when Rogic was in front. Was you know was uh, in front of um, Brown. Mm-hmm. At the top, uh, at the top in the midfield, you had Robertson, you had Sinclair, and Dembele, and they were kind of able to feed off each other. 
How how often have we been yeah. able to do that this season? And I think see see what Piwank said when he said that basically the training is too intense. Who who Piwank is what I call Chris Commons now. Piwank. <laughs> <laughs> the training is too intense. Too intense. Yeah, I mean for him. Aye, because he's a fat <laughs> fucking Piwank. It tells you everything you need to know about Chris Commons, but. Commons, what, what I mean is the players might not be just it's going to take still going to take them time to get used to the intensity yeah. for example Griffiths keeps pulling his hamstring Dembele keeps pulling his hamstring is it because they're not training too hard is it they're training too hard or they're not training hard enough but again this is like two years on almost from Rodgers coming in so it's not like yeah, no, no, I'm just still be getting used to it. I don't really see where that's coming from nah, so 18 months down fucking, the line you, you'd be used to it does Chris, did Chris Commons not complain about Dyla's training as well does he just not complain about yeah. having to exercise he's, <laughs> a, he's a fat wank what did you call him again Pie wank. <laughs> you should trademark that. <laughs> See, um, bye. So I mean, just I, we're, we're going to cover the the actual game. The, the club's in a healthy position from a financial point of view. Um, however, you know, if we get if our, you know, if our pathway to the Champions League becomes harder or it becomes a brick wall, depending on what happens over the next couple of years, um, that completely changes. I think um, I think it'll be interesting to see how Celtic evolve. Are we building this hotel? Is that happening? Yeah, it sounds like it. Sixty million quid, I've heard. That I haven't heard anything about it for a while, but given the fact that I live in Glasgow, I've got no real problem or interest <laughs> in <laughs> getting to Celtic. Well, I've no interest in staying in a hotel next to Celtic Park. I'll just take the car. <laughs> <laughs> Celtic need to do those kind of things. Uh, I mean the. You just have to, as you say. I mean, it's it's getting there's less spots in terms of actually getting the Champions League qualification. But you got a lot of clubs like in Kazakhstan, Azerbaijan, Romania, Belarus, Slovenia, and Baltic states. Where the, the people are going to go and invest in those clubs and pump money into them because they're no they're three or four games away from the Champions League yeah. and all the money. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get lots of more. Even those kind of countries where you think, oh, you should be a team from there. You've seen the kind of, you know, I think it was kind of bargain. Those kind of teams are full of, you know, Latin American Brazilian, players and yeah. so so. So yeah. you know, it's going to be more and more of those teams coming up. Uh, you, you talk about Salzburg. You know, they've managed to not qualify for so many Champions League in a row, but there's a lot of money being pumped into those kind of clubs. Uh, so it's going to be tough. So Celtic needs to have a backup plan as well. One of them is it's it's the Europa League and it's it's getting players through and selling it but also they need to do stuff like the hotel and, and merchandising but is the hotel is it going to be a big kind of fancy luxury hotel and who's actually going to stay in it see that what it's got to do is it's got to have like training rooms and all that so that corporate folk oh, like Christian yeah. can can, uh, I know where can go because otherwise well it's right across the road for the Emirates so if anything decent's happening there I'm yeah, sure they could sell tickets points as well. but ordinarily if there's no events at either Emirates or Celtic Park you know it has to have some sort of conference or function yeah. Aye, facility because yeah. nobody's going to be pitching up I for a fortnight Im- park. Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that many folk it's, going. Yeah, it's the whole Hampton discussion as well. I mean, in, in terms of the national stadium, that's always the what would they would need to do to Hampton in terms of regenerating that area and, and, and building that up. As they should knock do. it down. Bowdy's gaff, Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just before, I, I mean, we're going to quickly touch on we're, we're kind of over our time, but. Uh, I've seen this being discussed on uh, uh, Twitter quite a lot. Um, if Chelsea were to get rid of Conte, which is, you know, jackets on a sugarly nail, um, 
and they approached Rodgers, would they go? I don't think they would approach mm. Rodgers. But let's just say they did. <laughs> it's, I just even wouldn't consider it. I just can't see it ever happening. I don't think he's their type of type of manager. Uh, I'm not sure whether he... Well, actually, he definitely wants another crack at England. We yeah. kind of know that. But I, I don't think it's Chelsea. I think it's Arsenal. I think that's yeah. the, I think that's the main threat in terms of Wenger would be there one more season. If Rodgers Rog- can do stuff in the in, in, in the Champions League next season, you know, he'd been there for three seasons. I think that's if if he wants a role in the in the Premier League, I think Arsenal's probably a, a the best match for him. I think Liverpool would say sorry once Klopp's failed. We're <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we talking fifteen years ahead here. So <laughs> I, I, w- I well I I, I like Rodgers at Liverpool, but I I think Klopp is better. I just he's a German, uh-huh. Brendan Rodgers. But I, um, I think I think he might go to Germany or, or Spain, Rodgers. I think he I think he'd do well. Conte, take him, give them Rodgers. I'll take yeah. that. Oh, Terrific. Uh, <laughs> just kind of on Scott, uh, the Scotland national team and the SFA, <laughs> and, um, everything that goes with it. Uh, Walter Smith, what are your kind of thoughts on that? Oh yeah, hopefully not. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> not. And uh, yeah, I don't know why Mutt is. Big, but I don't know why he's Jackie bigging McNamara's him up. Jackie McNamara's bigging him up. Um, Colin Cameron's bigging him up. Um, everyone's Keith Jackson, <laughs> Stephen Naismith. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get him in that job. Why would new great CV? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the oh stuff. God. It's a, it's it's get so backwards. It's it's really. Well, you, I know you're not necessarily a fan of international football. What what do you think about it though? Is looking it's at the most laughable piece of short termism I've ever seen in my life, and it probably might not even be short termism. It might, do you know, the but guy's not managed years. for seven years, right? Yeah. <laughs> now, even put aside that he left Scotland to go to, to to back to Rangers because we all know, you know, there's, yeah. he would do that. Right? That he yeah. did it, and he, he would, you know, he would do, probably do it again. But it's it's almost like. Oh shit! We've absolutely run out of names here. You know, uh, Walter Smith, Sir Walter, because he's still got <laughs> this. This he's revealed in the press in a way that you know was once only kind of reserved for Alex Ferguson, Ferguson, yeah. David Murray. You know, it was once they talk about him in such reverential tones that criticism of it, of him isn't allowed. You know, but what? What, how on earth are you going to develop the national team bringing in a guy who hasn't managed in football in seven years and wrapped the job the last time he got it? He's I got mean, terrible. He's from a, he's, he's got um, he had a, a worse record than Burley and fucking uh, Levine. Jeez, I forgot Burley was the Scotland yeah. manager. That's <laughs> what you wish your take on it. <laughs> yeah, Catherine. Obviously, I mean it. Almost be funny if he actually got it because it couldn't be any more SFA to give him the job. It's like Samaritan says, it's like, do they not think football has changed in seven years? I mean, that guy was at the fag end of his career anyway. And he, I mean, his, his, his football, you know, even Rangers going to UEFA, uh, I mean, it's not exactly, you know, he he was at that point playing a football that wasn't exactly progressive. And, it, you know, football has changed so much the last seven years as well. And to think he can just come up and pick it up and and do that but I mean can, can you imagine it, even just the stuff he said about everything and you know Rangers and, and the EBTs and all that kind of stuff his first press conference should be do you still think that do you still think this what about this I mean to me he's he's, he's, he's tainted good in, in terms of what he's in, to be a figurehead for the national team as well he's just I think he's just 
it, it I mean, it, it makes no sense from a football point of view, from a development of, of players and, and stuff like that. Absolutely no sense. But he's, he's, I think the stuff he's said the last few years as well, saying, oh, oh it's too harsh on Rangers and all that. And, and what is it? I mean, yeah. it's, it's... When Rangers got relegated. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's... <laughs> I mean, and, and they go, oh, why wouldn't you have... And even even if you take it seriously for a second, Norway did some of the same things because they brought back Egil Olsen, who was, you know, was a, a great manager in the 90s. Egil Olsen had loads more success. He was universally loved in Norway. And he, he probably had his finger slightly more on the pulse than Smith anyway uh, when he came back. And he just... It, it was past. It, it, it was too late for me. Just couldn't because the things that made Norway really good in the late nineties and stuff like that, it, it, it just wouldn't go on. now. And, yeah. and, and the players are different and so on. So and 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 that's somebody who was had great success universally. Like this guy. Well, I mean, it's it, it, it's ridiculous. It is. It's crazy. And do, do you know what? I mean, Smith reminds me of Martin O'Neill in a certain way, right? In terms of. One of his greatest attributes was he would get players performing above themselves. That kind of wanting to win from you know that Aye, the, the, yeah the, the players real, buy into him. Yeah, they buy into him, and it's like a siege mentality, and that's that's great. And international football is probably a, a, an arena where that can really work. But two things: one, Anil's not stopped managing. Yeah. Okay, he, and he's mm-hmm. done that with Ireland, as Christian says. He's been out the game for seven years. He's not. You know, his finger hasn't been on the pulse of football for that length of time. Doesn't live in Scotland, so it's not like he's going around and going to watching games. Yep. And, like Martin O'Neill, again, Christian touching on it, the developmental side, it's such, you know, short-termism. I mean, that Ireland team, you know, when when when, when Ericsson basically put them at the sword, you just looked at it and went, you know, he's wrung every lance out of football out of that, and there's nothing coming up at the backside of them. No. That looks like a moribund national outfit. Scotland have actually got some decent players you know, coming through and stuff like that. Do you want to put them in the hands of a guy who hasn't managed in such a long time and really wasn't noted for any sort of developmental side of football? Uh, I think it's worrying even the fact that his name's sort of been sort of mitted out there. Uh, it's it how kind of shows the and, depth and a lot of anyone people, else. A lot of people in the media would want him in because he's a good contact and he's one Aye. of the old guys and, and they'll know him. And it's like, like it's come back to the good old days when everything yeah. was rosy, you yeah. know, and Rangers good, were brilliant and Murray was buying the dinners. And that's, that's Walter, but, are you glad to be back? But I mean, the, what people mentioned Stuart McCall, it's just get the get punted as well, you know, and uh, Malky McKay suddenly Scott's, now back on the. Yeah, I know, I mean, and this, I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, they're obviously not a, a, an obvious Scottish candidate out other than Steve Clark. I don't think he would he, he would take it at the moment. So I think he would oh, for half a million a year. If, if he might could, consider yeah, it. They, they should. But why? I mean, this total resistance to even considering somebody abroad. Done I that, mean, mate. I mean, been brilliant ever since. Remember the Ferris? I mean, right, yeah, right. But even. I'd rather than go for Scott, like Scott Gemmell because I don't. I don't Scott Gemmell's a terrible, terrible coach. I, it's probably it's terrible, <laughs> well, at least it's, it's, it's a natural progression of us under 21s. He's worked with the youngsters so well. Progression just, of mediocrity. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're it, going it for. It makes a hell of a lot more sense than Walter Smith. Yeah. It Even does. him. Um, I think you, 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 I joked, you joked about Cafro, but Cafro would be 10 times a better choice than Walter Smith. I just somehow can't see it happening. Renan. Smith, Smith. <laughs> Aye, Renan. Smith won't take it anyway. I think it's all bluster. I don't. 
unless this is orchestrated off the back of him saying I am going to take it, which I doubt it. it what's, what? Why would he bother? He's already probably loaded with the money he's taken so. in football over the years. Why would he need the hassle? I think yeah. with some of these guys, it's ego. Yeah. Like Smith was itching to get involved with the new Rangers kind of set up and even, you know, sort of floating the idea of buying in and putting money up at certain times. Uh, I think sometimes when there's they're in the game for so long and then it's it's no longer there then their egos get nothing to kind of feed off you know they want, need to yeah. be back into Keith it Jackson it's sort of says, Keith Jackson says Keith Jackson in one of his like, I've only seen this on Twitter I don't read the record or buy it um, basically tweeted that uh, Walter Smith feels he is unfinished business unfinished <laughs> business because you fucking patched this <laughs> you fucking <laughs> asshole um, Malky McKay some of the uh Excuse. See the thing about Malcolm McKay. I'm all for redemption. I'm all for someone getting redemption um, <laughs> from being a racist. Sexist. The difference is though, Malcolm McKay has never apologised. Malcolm he's McKay. He's done the bare minimum. He, he's done the yeah. bare minimum. He, he needs. Uh, he was on Sports Sound and he was talking about there is no one and uh, no one in this room is as uh, it's a pure David Brent moment. No one in this room uh, knows more about equality and uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know uh, the quality training I've had makes me one of the most. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been on a course, mate. Uh, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And it's just like instead of saying, "Listen, I fucked up," and the only, the only thing Malcolm McKay uh, apologised for is getting caught. He's, he's shown yeah. absolutely no remorse for it, um, and he can get to fuck. I think I th- give you, know you a great insight into what type of person he was. He was just that horrible kind of laddish thinking. He was he was better than everyone else, and just and it wasn't full one, of his own self it, it wasn't one or two. It was constant, wasn't it? It was a conversation. Yeah. Well, this is he was talking about his own employees. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you caught talking about as as a as a manager talking about your own employees like that, it's, yeah. it's ridiculous. But I also do think you're going to say something. No? I well, no, just. <laughs> See if, see if he could manage like Pep Guardiola. We wouldn't be having this conversation. <laughs> but he's Malky McKay. He's a pish manager as well as the baggage. So is it's it, just. It's not Roman Polanski. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, he's. No, but it's essentially a really bad manager in the mix with other bad managers. Oh, but he's also a right racist as well, you know? That's the thing, though. Like, um, into. Scott, it's just fucked, and there's not even a chief executive. I think the acting chief executive left today to become the um, chief executive at fucking golf, Scottish golf. So, like, but, but that's the thing as well. <laughs> Regan going, Stuart Regan going now as well. It seems, I, <laughs> it almost seems like people in, in inside the SFA is, is worrying for that position. And Barcelona, Real Madrid style, they're attaching themselves to some sort of national team candidate and saying, vote for me and we'll get, you know, Malky or whatever. But it's, it's obviously just, as usual, a complete clusterfuck in, in the SFA. So it, 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 it's kind of that precarious position because in, 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 there's, there's a lot of, as you said, potential in that Scotland squad. Uh, you, if you bring him up and you, you can kind of combine some of the older guys with some of the new guys coming up, but I just don't trust any of these guys to do that. No, it's no. The, the entire the entire talent pool is is really bad, and it goes back to the point I was making about Mackay when I said we wouldn't be having this conversation. Well, we, we should be having the conversation because of, of of what came out about him, but the point stands as there is no outstanding candidate. Mm. There is no. There is no candidate there, you know, tainted or otherwise. There's just 
but that's because that's that's the net they've cast they've not went further afield there are plenty of really interesting yeah. coaches who could come in but it's just because the SFA are not going to appoint a foreigner and, and I think, I, which I is so think, fucking uh, I also think because it's because who, whatever the foreigner is that would be like oh that's also a risky choice you should have stuck with a safe choice like Malky or Walter and <laughs> I also think they, they just don't want to be accused of like, oh, taking a chance yeah but uh, and if they uh, had taken a chance, um, we would like, like Walter Smith. There's not a chance. I mean, yeah. when we turn around, it's Stuart McCollin once time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a bigger chance than that. It's you funny what you're saying about Smith not being a chance. They they just don't want heat because right, they would yeah. get no criticism for it. So it's easy because yep. if it doesn't work out, they would go. Well, at least a testing. I think to get lots of criticism, not for some people for in us? the media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, honestly. Right, uh, that's our podcast for this week. Um, there's a big thing happening this weekend. Christian there is, Wolf, there is the cynical sixth edition, uh, first edition of the cynical though. The, the magazine pro- previously known as the supplement, now the cynical. Just a symbol. Why did you change it? Um, actually, we just fancy the name change, and then you know, kind of thought we would be a bit more tied into the cynic brand. And all that, oh, so you know, all that shit, corporate right going stuff. Yep. But uh, no, we just kind of get bored with the supplement. So. <laughs> yeah, so to talk us through it. So yeah, um, we're going to do it every quarter now. Uh, it's the biggest one ever. I, I think it's the best one ever as well. Is eighteen articles nice. from people as varied as myself and 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 Chris and and you know Alex Lawrence got a 4000 word piece on Christopher Year's dribbles so it's that kind of magazine <laughs> uh it <laughs> uh writers in it uh interview with Steve Grieve there's there's lots of articles um a lot of Celtic stuff lots of different uh stuff history features columns hipster stuff all that so i've you know talking about cold teams cold teams in norway uh but what what we're trying to do is obviously we're going to re- release all the articles at the w- weekend 18 of them and so they'll be all over twitter and we send that out and you can have a good read we're trying to do it as a magazine at the same point and we're trying to maybe evolve from the standard pdf to something at least a lot more Fancy. more cool and it does look cool at the moment keith and bow has been locked in a room together so God knows what's <laughs> happened there, but we've done um, nothing. <laughs> Sidetracking. <laughs> so, so they're working away. I don't know if they're going to be done by the weekend, to be totally honest. But we want to get it right, so we'll, we'll release all the articles in at the weekend, uh, and then hopefully very soon we'll have a release. Nasty magazine you can download, put in your iBook, and just just flick, flick, flick and it'll, it'll play videos. And it's be it's very twenty first century uh, yeah. stuff. So Christian, uh, we're, we're only a few few short weeks after Christmas. Money's tight. How much does this magazine cost? <laughs> I'll tell you that. Nice. nice. If, if you want premium um, Scottish football content, usually you, you don't have to pay for it. And, and that's, that's, that's with us as well. It's free. We do it all for the love of free. The, the, the readers. It's free. No money. Needs to change hands. So it's, it's, it's a very socialist. No subscription. Nothing Marxist. Like Leaning magazine. No, 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 no capitalism here. Uh, <laughs> no capital. You know, the, 
Never mind the corporate brand. There's no capitalism <laughs> here, you know. Uh, so check it. That's out. how communism's going to grow. <laughs> so Branding. Ninety minutescynic.com is the website. You can check that. But if you follow our Twitter at ninety minutescynic, all the links will be posted uh, over the weekend, and hopefully we'll get the. Uh, well, uh, I mean, there's. It's been as you know. I, I would say this anyway. I think the writing this time is is really good. There's loads of different writers, and it, it's a really good product. And people have put a lot of a lot of the time into it. So yeah, and it's as Simon says, it's it's all for free. All for free. All for free. Ninetyminutescynic.com. So check it out there. And as I say, it'll be on our. If you check our Twitter at ninetyminutescynic, um, the tweets to the links and stuff will go out. Uh, check us on Spreaker. Spreaker.com slash the ninetyminutescynic. If you follow us on iTunes, if you subscribe, um, search for ninetyminutescynic and the search bar will come up. Um, if you could leave a positive review that would be lovely i know my mother would be extremely happy with that um also we're on facebook but we don't really post on facebook but still give us a like i guess give us a like if you do it maybe we'll post more yeah exactly there you go um we're also uh yeah check if you basically check our twitter account at 90 minutes i think that's where we post all our details all of our links and uh yeah we'll we'll go from there we'll be recording on tuesday um of next week will be the next episode and it'll probably be up just after we record alex lawrence will be on it and we'll have an in-depth look at the zenit game that, that's the most in-depth look at senate you're going to get anywhere in the scottish media yeah promise we'll, you that now yeah we'll probably talk about um car seat headrest american football and uh, plenty of other and it's for free bands and it's for free Three. Uh, Chris Amani. Christopher Gallico. Pleasure as always. Thank you. The Wolfmeister General. I was hoping this was going to cure my illness. I think I'm, I feel sick again. To be honest, you look like yeah. you're on heroin. <laughs> to be honest, just the way your eyes are. Like. Christian, hope you feel better, my man. Me too. But yeah, no, this this has helped. The tea. Milkless tea. Milkless tea. Yeah. Vegan friendly. Uh, Dermatron. Cheers. Which I is your new name, Dermatron. Thank you. If you could get a tattoo. I'm a transformer now. Yep, transformer. <laughs> uh, I'm Chris Gallagher. We are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. Who believes that this is right?
Yeah, 